Hey there. In today's episode, we're talking all about healthy gift giving and how to be more intentional about the gifts we give this holiday season. We'll be sharing three things you can think about when deciding whether a gift is healthy. And we're going to share one strategy that you can use for avoiding sales temptation in this very sales heavy time of year. But first, let's go ahead and cue the music. Hello and welcome to A Very Full Plate, the podcast where we're all about real food talk with real parents. Your hosts for today are Amy, a natural foods chef and mom of two, and Emily, a professional home organizer and mom of three. Take it away, ladies. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us. I'm your co-host, Amy. I turn parents into kitchen ninjas to help them feed their families healthy food more often. I'm all about balance, real life, and having fun in the kitchen. You can find me at cookingwithafullplate.com and my Facebook page of the same name. Hey guys, this is Emily. I'm a professional organizer who helps my clients simplify their lives so that they can experience harmony in their homes again. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram or visit hallharmonyhomes.com. Come along with us while we celebrate our small victories and laugh at our challenges. And thank you so much for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Amy and Emily. Amy, I'm really psyched to talk about gift giving because this is something that I'm very, very passionate about in my past life. I think I was a little overzealous. And then as my budget tightened and as I got more involved in people's homes, my entire perception of it and my opinion about it has changed drastically. So I'm really looking forward to this discussion about intentional gift giving for the holiday season. Yeah, I'm I'm excited too. I think this is such a cool combination of the two things that we do about being intentional with our stuff from your personal organizer perspective and then being conscientious about its impact on people and the earth and uh and kind of like your soul, which is mm-hmm. how I come at a lot of the food stuff. So I can't wait to dive in a little bit and talk about ways that we think about gift giving and hopefully help some of the folks listening to think about gift giving a little bit differently going into this holiday season because it can get frenetic and fast paced and it's so easy to get caught up in it. Absolutely. Especially, you know, we're recording post Black Friday, right before Cyber Monday. And so many people, as you can see on the news, are still really emphatic about it and caught up in it. And, um, you know, it's every person's choice, but I think there are consequences to every choice we make, just like it, there is with food and nutrition. And um, I'm excited to just, you know, inspire people to think again, maybe plan ahead, um, think about what they care about and how they can vote with their dollar, like we talk about all the time. Yeah. So I think importantly, we are not here talking today about not giving gifts we are specifically talking about alternative gift ideas that are maybe a little bit more intentional and hopefully a little bit more meaningful. And we're coming at that from three different ways that we think about gift giving, which we'll dive into. And then I have one tip that I want to make sure I share around how I minimize sale temptation. And this has to do with a specific food shopping strategy I have as well. So I think it will have far reaching implications for folks who are listening. Okay, please share it. I want to know. <laughs> Can we wait till the end to share it? Because I want to talk about the gift giving first. That's my teaser. You got to wait right, till the fine, end fine. to hear my tip about how I minimize sale temptation. And this is something I'm still working on, which is a perfect caveat to say, like, I am by no means perfect at this. And I am still very much a work in progress when it comes to intentional purchasing and intentional gift giving. But that's kind of the point is let's explore it and talk about different ways to think about it. So Emily, when you go to give a gift, what is one of the things that you take into consideration to be a little bit more intentional about the impact of said gift? I always think like, is this useful for this person? Is this, Mm -hmm. what are they going to do with it? Where is it going to end up? What is it made of? Who am I buying it from? Um, is that, are they going to appreciate it? So I always think about the end result, which is something I do a lot in w- with my work. Um, where is it going to end up? Is it going to end up yeah. in the garbage? You know? So that kind of points to our good for the earth aspect. Um, 
Yeah, the good for the earth thing is really big for me because I think so often we resort to like, oh, I need to get this person a present. This is something I feel often. I need to get this person a present. I have no idea what they would want or like, so I'll just buy this random thing. And huh. then when I go through my own home, I realize I have all this, these random things that were given to me with a lot of love mm-hmm. and a lot of care in terms of, I know they wanted to get me something, but they probably didn't know what I wanted because I didn't know what I wanted. And then I have this intense guilt of like, now I need to get rid of this thing because it's not serving me, but what am I going to do with it? And where is it going to go? And then I, I have things that like the professional organizer and you will appreciate this. And I know that you at home are nodding along where you're like, oh my gosh, I have this stuff. I don't even want it, but I have this memory attached to it. And now what do I do with apple scented bath and body works lotion that someone gave me 15 years ago and has gone bad? <laughs> yes. I mean, that is, that's probably my biggest pet peeve is those sort of retail gift box baloney, like, Oh, I have to go to a swap. So I'll just grab this thing. Mm. No thought because you're just like stressed and the holidays become stressed. And unfortunately, much like having a great meal plan, Planning ahead is the number one way to purchase with intention and thinking about who are the people I do want to buy for this year. Rather than going shopping to go see what you can find that might match someone, it's like dating. Like you're not going to just go walk around being like, is this guy okay? Or you, you think about what you want in someone, right? And then you kind of narrow it down or whatever. So let's say you're, you want to buy for, I don't know, somebody who like loves candles so you're like well I know she loves candles but I'm not gonna go just buy whatever cheapo candle I can find at the latest sale but maybe they love the earth too so you're like oh I'm gonna buy from this friend of mine that makes candles they're all organic or whatever they're all whatever the ingredients are I don't know exactly but the point is you're you're being more thoughtful first of all so the person's gonna appreciate that right they're not gonna be like thanks for the random thing that you're probably regifted to me you know? <laughs> I've um, gotten those. I've, I've probably given them too. Yeah. And listen, there's a sentiment in giving a gift. I'm not saying that there isn't. Uh, and it's, you know, regifting for is repurposing. So there's that. However, what I'm saying is thoughtfulness, planning ahead. Those are the things that really are winners in my book. Um, so when you're just aimlessly shopping, you're going to overspend, you're going to, you know, vote with your dollar that you want people to just keep making whatever. And um, like, at the end of the day, I think being purposeful is huge. Like, So Emily, I love what you're saying there. And I just want to pull out a couple of points that really stood out to me as you were talking so passionately about how you think about this. Because I just, I love how passionate you are about this intentional gift giving idea. And the things I heard you say were like, buy less things out of obligation that like, it's better for the earth and better for us to not feel this like weight of, I need to get everybody something. And that that will lead us to also buy less small crap because if you have a gift giving budget, which I imagine all of us have some sort of budget for gift giving, that we aren't stretching it for like a hundred people that we feel like we have to give something to so that we have to give them all like a $3 thing and get the Mm -hmm. best deal on it. But we can give them something that maybe isn't going to sit in a drawer, something that like comes with intention from the heart was picked out specifically for them because we can like stretch things a little bit further. And that what I feel like I hear you saying also is that then that ends up being better for the earth. It's like all these things tied together, the intentionality, the stretching our budget um, or like using the budget we have on fewer people because we have less of that obligation results in better gifts that the person will love and also better gifts that end up getting, not getting like donated to Goodwill three mm-hmm. years later when they refind yeah. them. And to, and to that point, um, one thing I was thinking about is there's a lot of plastic stuff mm. sitting in people's basements. So if you're going to buy good for the earth, two things you can do is buy something that's made of something that's either biodegradable or, you know, cause let's say you're friend has got their first new home. Like maybe they want some knickknacky stuff, right? And you know them mm-hmm. well enough and whatever, you know, a wooden sign is a great option because at least I you know that. it's going to decompose someday and it's adorable and it's trendy right now. Um, additionally, like going to a secondhand store for stuff will stretch your budget. It will also repurpose things. And I promise that most of that knickknacky crap <laughs> is there and it's cheaper and 
you know, you've, you know, you probably helped donate, you know, donate your money to a donation place. Like we have a savers up here. Um, I, I just encourage that rather than the new stuff, if you're going to go that, that route, because I still like to buy a little Christmassy decorations and what have you, but you can think okay. about the material it's made of and that it's reused twice. That's huge. I have two questions for you related to that. The first is you talked about plastic and knickknacky stuff. And one of the things I really struggle mm-hmm. with during the holiday season is especially as my kids get older, they're like, I want decorations. And we try really hard in our house. I just don't like storing stuff. So it has less to do with where it goes afterwards and more like, gosh, I don't want 12 boxes of Christmas decorations in my house. Hmm. So I've been thinking a lot about how can we decorate, but without ending up with a bunch of stuff to store or a bunch of stuff that we throw away because it has like not even lasted through one year. So do you have, does your, with your professional organizer hat on, do you have some like lessons learned around the best way to walk that line of like being festive and decorating and cel- and maybe even into gift giving, like celebrating without being like, I have to buy um, a blow up Mickey decoration yeah. for my yard. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of points I'd love to make. Uh, one, I would choose the number of bins you're comfortable with. And if it doesn't fit, it doesn't come. Mm. And every time you decorate for the holiday season, I, th- I suggest every time you put something up or anytime you say like, well, we're not going to put those ones up. If it's a whole bin of things you're not putting up, they need to go. Um, whether it's garbage or donation or whatever. I think you should just say like, listen, six bins is my max. That's all I want to do. I mean, we, we as a family, we move a lot. So the number of bins I'm willing to hold on to is very little because every time we move, we move them. So something right. has to be really important enough to, for me to move it twice. Um, so just setting your limit. And I do that a lot with like clothing. Like if it doesn't fit in my closet, it doesn't fit in my life because mm. I'm not wearing all of these at once. But another amazing point that's inspired by a good friend of mine is you can take nature inside your home as a decoration, like winter berries or, um, you know, obviously a Christmas tree or things that are going to die off and decompose naturally can be just as beautiful, if not more on your front steps. Um, all over your, you know, your railings, um, all of those more natural things that you can toss them right in your compost afterwards or what have you. And they make such a beautiful sentiment and they teach us about how things die off and come back each year. And that's part of life. So I love the idea of using nature, you know, pine cone, you know, crafts, pine cones inside a glass jar, things like that. Yeah. Um, I would do, cause then they don't, you don't store them. Yeah. They're not bad for the earth. And it's, it's kind of what it was originally about anyway. Yeah, I love that. That's something that we have been trying to do in our house, like, you know, for for Thanksgiving and for Halloween, which was what I was actually trying to say, we'll like get more pumpkins of different sizes and like bring those inside as well as being carved outside because Mm. I know that then they can be composted or sometimes like even a butternut squash is a decoration and they last a long time and then I'll cook it, right? So Mm -hmm. it's not a thing to store, Um, And you mentioned also like having your kids do crafts with things. And I think this really applies to eco-friendly gift giving as well, which is, I'm assuming everyone listening is a parent and Mm -hmm. there's something so sweet and thoughtful about taking something and having your kids help repurpose it because it teaches them about repurposing. And it also makes it more meaningful for the people receiving it. And I think that that's a great way to sort of walk that line of like, this was repurposed and my kid did something with it. So it doesn't feel like I just took this thing and repurposed it for you. So it like adds character onto it, whether that be nature or like I'm having, if anyone that knows me is listening close your ears, but I'm having my kids like decorate little like wood ornaments this year and give one to people because I feel like then it's something they can keep. And if they decide they don't want it anymore, then it's made out of wood and they can recycle it and it can be used for another purpose. Right. So it's not just this like one single use thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I do see a lot of basements and they're full of just Christmas and holiday stuff and Mm -hmm. much of it never gets used um much of it is not compostable much of it is guilt people feeling guilty about getting rid of their you know their mother's ornaments or whatever it is and so I just think 
of course, there's going to be an element of that. And that's perfectly fine. There's a lot of nostalgia. But I will tell you that now, as I get older, my favorite ornaments are things that my grandmother knitted. And I'm like, I think about how much time was spent making that. And so it is hard because when you get caught up in the gift giving, you feel like you want to give, just like you want to give your kids foods and the snacks they want and the things they yearn for. But too much does dilute it. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that when, you know, there's only a few gifts for either birthdays or holidays or what have you, the kids appreciate things more and they don't get as overwhelmed by it. And yes, the excitement factor is bigger when there's more, but it only lasts so long. So, oh my gosh, (laughs) the past several years. So I have young kids, right? Like four and one and a half. And so we haven't been at this Christmas thing for as long as some others, but I just know that my older son, I've watched him, he gets tired of opening presents. And so mm-hmm. I feel a little bit bad because my family will be like, oh, I didn't know if I could get him that. And I'm like, oh gosh, I'm robbing them of this joy. But I also love that I have inspired them to maybe be a little bit more careful of like, it's not that my kids don't get toys and that there aren't things made out of plastic, but I want them to be things that I know will like use over and over again or play with as a family or, um, like an example of something I just sent my mom was a Hot Wheels toy hauler. So it's like a truck that holds Hot Wheels. And she was like, oh, I didn't know if it would be okay if I got that for him, knowing some of my leanings yeah. towards less stuff and less things. And I'm like, okay, it's not a perfect gift from the perspective of plastic and cheaply made and all that. But on the flip side, he has so many Hot Wheels that we have both like inherited and collected over time. And wouldn't it be cool to organize those and have him like have something to play with with it? I think it will have like a pretty good life. Like it will be get used for a long amount of time and then it can get used by someone else. So it doesn't have to be all or nothing is I guess what I'm trying to share with that example. I love what you just brought up because just this weekend we were over at my in-laws in Connecticut and I have a sister-in-law who's 22. And so she's actually not too far removed from our kids as far as like toys, like Mm -hmm. a lot of her leftover toys my kids now love at their house and she had bins of Polly Pockets mm. and they are, they're getting a whole new life now. Yeah. Held on to them and they're reusing them with all my girls. And so I think there's nothing wrong if you, if you're going to take care of the stuff and it's pretty good quality and it has another life. Amazing. Like if you can do that over and over again, amazing. And so it's not like there doesn't need to be plastic. It's just do it for stuff that you know your kid really is going to love and maybe yeah. you can on to and take care of and reuse. And I love that you just brought that up organically. With It needs another life. Yes. And that's so funny that you say that because you made me realize that I've done this secondhand thing without even really thinking about it. I just wanted to get my son a like wooden train set, mm-hmm. you know, like Brio trains, but they're freaking expensive. And yeah. I found a set that wasn't perfect, but it was well-loved and had a bunch of really cool pieces at a garage sale. And so I got those and I gave them to him as a gift and he didn't care that they were used before. There was like one or two broken pieces. And then for Christmas last year, I think that was for his birthday for Christmas, we like added a couple of new like wooden stations that he really wanted to it. And Mm -hmm. so it's like been this gift that continues to grow. And now Mm -hmm. my one and a half year old is interested in it. And because it's not made of plastic because it's wood, it really lasts. And we're like giving this new life to someone else's toys. And I'm so appreciative for the opportunity to do that because someone thought like, oh, instead of just throwing these away, I will sell them and make money. And I got like something cool for less money. Right. So I think that's another way to think about it. I'd love to segue now into, um, good for the soul. Okay. Not mind. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about good for the earth. So the second thing we're talking about, I love that is good for the soul. So tell me, what does that mean to you? Um, I think feel good purchases. Um, some examples might be, um, something that's homemade. If you've got a talent, um, something like a purchase of a gift for an experience, something that's going to enrich or make your life richer and experience like, I don't know, like maybe you buy somebody's national park, you know, for the year membership or something they love or that, you know, they'll never spend the money on for themselves. Um, memberships, you know, museums, parks, um, something you can either do together or something they could do with their family or best friend or spouse or what have you. Um, yeah, sometimes it's like, 
uh, restaurants with the date nights, good for mm. marriage, you know. I love that. I haven't done that for people, but I think that's a fantastic idea mm-hmm. for the adult set. Yes. Um, and even just um, like I was talking to my sister-in-law and she was like, you know, if you have a great photographer friend, like giving the gift of photography to a family or something oh. um, where you're supporting your friend's business and also helping a family, you know, cherish their memories. I love that. So you could like tell them, Hey, my friend is this fantastic photographer and I'm giving you a session with her and then pay her. So you're like giving the money to her and you're giving the family these memories that are captured Mm -hmm. in a way that they might not invest in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Actually last year, you know, it's been a hard year for our family as some listeners will know we lost my dad in September. So last year we were dealing with him having cancer. And I was like, what do I get for my mom who is like a full-time caregiver to my dad? And yeah. my mom loves Disneyland and she really wanted to take the kids. And I was like, they're too young. It doesn't make any sense. It's so expensive. Yeah. And I ended up giving her a day at Disneyland for her and my son. And then she somehow like last minute convinced my younger for me to come with my younger son it was at the point where we like all just needed a break and it was the best day and it turned out it was actually like this gift to myself too that I didn't anticipate where like I thought I was just sort of placating her in a loving way of like you want to take Gavin I will make this happen right like essentially I've given my gold stamp but then then joining in I was like you know this was exactly what we needed like ha- getting out of the house and having an experience and having joy. And I think that to me, that's like the coolest thing about giving experiences or memberships, especially to families is like, it takes away this financial burden of like, should we go to the zoo today? I don't know. The zoo's really expensive. And I don't know about you, Emily, but near us, the zoo membership is actually quite affordable. Mm. And so it inspires us to get out of the house and like go there where mm-hmm. if we had to pay every time, it would really add up. And you'd be like, well, I don't want to go to the zoo $40 worth, but I probably want to go to the zoo like $150 worth over the course of a year. And yeah. so I think like that, that to me really connects to that soul piece of things is like, it brings joy that they might not even anticipate or foresee when you give someone an experience. And I especially love when you can give someone an experience with you, because probably ultimately what they want is connection with you. If you guys are deeming each other worthy of exchanging gifts. Yeah. And I've noticed that, and this is going to sound kind of depressing, but I've recognized it and we're changing it, that as an adult, um, we're so responsible and we try to do all the things right. And there's some, there's some happiness and contentment in doing all things right and keeping things balanced and having Mm -hmm. good food. And, but the joy is a component that needs to be massaged and nurtured and if you forget to just have fun like be silly like it's not a productive thing Mm -hmm. but it's so important to the soul like silliest things bring me the best joy like water park slides I think are so fun and I don't go like let's go to the water park I'm like that sounds awful it's gonna be so much work you know what I mean right that that like that kid filled joy is like medicine for the soul Yes. It's funny that you bring that up because it's something I've been feeling so hard where like, you know, if we're in the house, I'm probably cooking or cleaning or on my phone, admittedly way too much. And sometimes it just takes getting out of the house to like be like, oh, there's nothing for me to do here. There's no productive thing. All I need to do is be. And I feel that like when we go out and do things and especially like Disneyland, you can't help but Maybe some people don't find joy there, but it's just like, it's so silly that you like almost can't take anything too seriously. (laughs) And you just have to lean into the like child breakdown craziness, but I'm actually okay with that in the name of joy. Um, And so those kinds of things, but also recently I started taking a guitar class and everything you said is exactly what I've been feeling. And maybe we'll tie into this like good for this whole gift idea, which is like for fellow adults, what if you gave them something that is joy bringing that has no link to productivity? Hmm. Like there's no use for guitar playing in my life. You guys don't want to hear me play. I shouldn't sing on the internet ever. 
there's no point to it except that it's fun. Like it's fun to learn something new and be able to like pull it out every once in a while, but there's actually no purpose to it. And I think that that's a really sweet spot when you want to give soul feeding gifts is like thinking about the person saying like, what would bring them joy that doesn't have any like specific purpose? Yeah. And that's kind of like a sweet spot in gift giving. Like they wouldn't buy for themselves because it's not purposeful. Right. Or maybe they can't afford it, which would be like the the flip side of that. You said something in our conversation around planning this that I don't want to glaze, gloss over <laughs> because that was a mix of gloss and glaze for anyone who's wondering what the heck I was saying. So, I don't yeah. gloss over because it's something I don't know much about, but I keep hearing about, which is about love languages. And I feel like this ties into identifying what might be good for someone's soul. Do you want to give us a yeah. primer? Well, um, Gosh, I can't remember the author, but we'll do a link to it. I think it's Gary something. Um, But many people have probably heard by now, like there is this concept of love language where um, it's not that everyone has only one love language, but um, you look at, you you get to know in your relationships, what things somebody um, loves. And there's, I think five, there's um, physical affection, gifts, and that's in any form, Um, quality time, acts of service, and I am freezing on the fifth one. Physical affection gifts, words of affirmation. Mm. So you could actually take a quiz if you're not sure. And my husband and I did it. And I was really shocked that actually gifts is one of his love languages. I would have never thought it. Um, but since then, I've thought more and more about like showing my affection in that way. And we're, we've always been such a tight budget. I'm like, well, I don't want to spend our money. It would be terrible, you know. But it's, as it turns out, even when it's small... He, he prefers that. So um, for me, I love quality time and acts of service. I mean, I don't need someone to tell me like, you're wonderful. I'm like, just shut up and take the garbage out. <laughs> so, that's what makes me happy, you know, and you get to learn your own kids have their love languages um, very quickly. So somebody who wants quality time, like maybe don't even show up with anything, just show up at their house and have tea with them and hear them tell them about, you know, their life, especially if it's like an elderly relative or someone you don't know when you'll see them again. And gifts can be notes. Gifts can be favor, you know, like a little coupon of I'm going to do that, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, Gifts don't need to be grandiose. They don't need to be diamonds and what have you. Um, They can just be, I thought of you and I know you love this. So here it is. Um, so I think it's important when you're buying for someone to think like, am I giving gifts because I like gifts or am I giving gifts because this person seems to really enjoy receiving gifts and opening them and Mm -hmm. and whatever. Um, so that's how the word intention comes into play for me with love languages. I love that. So we'll link at a very full plate.com slash 35. We will link to the book, which is by Gary Chapman, by the way, good poll. And uh, we'll find a quiz and we'll link to that too. Cause I actually don't know what my love languages are and I don't know what my husband's love languages are. So now I'm very curious. Yeah. I want to know what yours is too. Okay. I'll, I'll take the quiz and report back. It's a fun exercise and it's really fun to see because kids tend to have like all of them as their love language, but one or two will shine brighter. Interesting. Okay, cool. I didn't even realize I could figure out my kids too. There is a kid. Yeah. There's a book, love languages for kids or whatever. Okay, cool. Um, So I feel like let's transition. So we talked about good for the earth. We talked about good for the soul. And the final thing I consider when buying gifts is good for the person. And anyone who has listened to me for some amount of time will not be surprised by this. So to me, good for the person means physically, because we've already covered the like amassing stuff aspect and the like what they really want aspect. I like to consider, you know, where am I giving gifts that actually are having like a negative impact on someone? Mm -hmm. And I don't mean like being a hundred percent healthy. So I'm not talking about like giving dried figs instead of cookies, though that's one option because frankly, we all have enough cookies during the holidays. (laughs) That's actually not the worst option now that I'm thinking about it, mostly just because of the overload, not because I don't think you should eat cookies during the holidays, just (laughs) clear. But It comes up in other ways too. So you mentioned like scented lotions and candles before. And in the past couple of episodes, episode 33 and 34, we've been uncovering different aspects of living a non-toxic life and how that affects our physical health. And I just think like so many of our gifts during the holidays are laden with artificial fragrances. And Mm -hmm. so this could look something like 
what about like a really beautiful non-toxic cleaning set that someone might not have and might not have tried before? Or it could be like uh, very high quality essential oils that like specifically address something that someone needs. So instead of a set of 100 of like really cheaply made ones, like what is one really high quality one that's going to help the person who doesn't sleep well or something? Or, um, you know, instead of scented candles, getting like handmade beeswax candles, which apparently I was just reading about this and I won't go into it too much here because it is not an area of expertise of mine, but that like natural beeswax candles actually help to create like different kinds of ions in the earth. So they like negate the other ions that are flying around all the time. So they're actually like cleanse the air in your house. Or what about like a house plant? For someone who's yeah. capable of taking care of houseplants, that helps clean the air. Like mm-hmm. these are all ways that it could be good physically, but you could also make it really beautiful. And then it's not just another thing you throw away. It's like something really useful to them that they probably haven't thought about for themselves or maybe don't even know that they need yet. And you can also use it as an opportunity to introduce them yes. to thinking about things in a different way. Yes. Like one year I got a reflexology um, session. It was- um, That's cool amazing I haven't been able to fit that back in my budget again but someday mark my word I will get back into that regularly because it was better than a full body massage yeah and it like opened your eyes I've never done reflexology but I love that it's like raised your awareness about it and now you're like okay I know that exists I know that it feels awesome and I'm gonna work on making that happen in my life Mm -hmm. and you know I do think it helps like you said, if you're going to go lotions or candles or something to do something that's super clean and also supports a small business and it represents you too in their home. Like if you're, if I'm going to give someone a candle, like I'm only going to be giving them like non-toxic candles because mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to add to their health problems. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be responsible for that. And I want them to feel like calm and like, I love this ion thing. I'm going to totally look into that. Yeah. Well, wellness mama, I'll include a link at okay. a very full plate.com slash 35 for this episode, but I'll include a link to her article. She had a really interesting one about it. And she talked about house plants too. Cause I was just, I was thinking about candles for whatever reason. So another thing that I was thinking is like, I know that I made fun of my gift of dried figs at the beginning, but I do really love giving like dried fruit platters or things that people can put out that are not going to be like, more processed sugar during the holidays. Again, it's not that I don't even make people cookies, although I try to make them a little bit healthier, just knowing that we're, we have all access to all the sugar during the holiday season. So that's yeah. my own personal angle on it. And you can come at it from wherever you do. Don't change your grandma's favorite cookie recipe. Like that's an heirloom and you should keep it the way that it is. Yeah. But, um, Emily, you had also mentioned beforehand this idea of like a CSA membership, which is something we've been talking about over the past couple of months. And I would love to get some sort of like certificate or membership to like butcher box or maybe like some basket meal delivery, um, a local CSA, imperfect produce. These are some of the things that come to mind for me around non-physical gifts, more like food gifts where you're not necessarily buying them the food, but you're giving them a certificate to choosing things that work for them and their family. And again, it's like opening their eyes to think to ways they might not normally be purchasing their food. Yeah. And for some people, they might not even know that that exists and it may be the next best thing in their life. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So I'm going to put together, because a lot of this was like actual things that you can give, I'm going to put together a post that I will link to in the show notes around a healthy gift guide. So if you are looking for options for people, I think um, there's some really cool ideas that we can share around gift certificates and places to buy these things from that serve the purpose of not being bad for the earth, meaning like it's not more crap that they're going to push in a drawer. It's good for their soul because it shows them that you care. And it's good for them physically because it might be something that um, nourishes them in a way that they aren't already thinking about and opens their eyes to something new. Absolutely. I'm we'll look for that really glad we're going to do that because I want to see it and I want to share it with <laughs> even my, my clients and my followers. And please do not get away with t- not telling us about your sale temptation. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to give you my tip that I teased and Emily, you've sort of already covered it. So I think we think the same oh. way around this, but this is one way I minimize sale temptation. And this also applies to food shopping. And 
that way is by creating either a mental or physical list ahead of time of things that I'm looking for or things that I'm shopping for so that I'm not drawn in by cheap for prices, but instead I'm finding deals on things I actually care about. Hmm. Let me talk a little bit more about that. It's like when you go to the grocery store and you like see chocolate covered peanuts at checkout and you're like, well, now I have to have those. And suddenly you've spent twice as much on your groceries and bought things that you're just going to gorge on (laughs) instead of like, you know, the healthy produce Mm -hmm. that you meant to purchase because you get caught up in it. Right. And so I always find that creating a shopping list before I go to the store keeps me from being like, we definitely should have, um, cream tortellini this week because it's like on the shelf and it's looking at me and it looks really delicious. So I apply the same principle to sales shopping. So as you said, we're recording this right after Black Friday. We're going into Cyber Monday. I have a running list in my head, not an exhaustive one, but a running list of things that are like, if this thing were on sale, it's something I've wanted for a long time and I would definitely purchase it. Hmm. And what that does is make me think if I see a great deal on a sweater that isn't on my list or isn't in my list of things that fit into my wardrobe, I don't need it. I don't care how much on sale it is. I don't need that thing. And I, I do that with my business stuff where like I've been thinking about getting a ring light for a while, which is like, you know, it lights you while you're doing video and stuff. And I'm like, okay, if there were a really good deal on a ring light, it would be worth it because I've been thinking about it for a long time and I've thought about its purpose in my business and how I would use it. But I don't want to buy it for a full price. And if there's not, and if there's a really great deal on something else, I probably don't need it because I haven't been thinking about it and planning about it and all of that. And so I think the same is true for gifts is like, if you can even just jot down like, hey, um, so-and-so would love this thing, or I'm really looking for this for my husband or this kind of thing, then it keeps us from being like that feeling of like, oh, look, a squirrel and chasing after that with all the sales. So it's like, then you're spending your money. So you're being more conscientious of your budget and you're being more intentional about your purchases and you're still able to get good deals. You just know what you're looking for the good deals on. Absolutely. And I, what an important thing to verbalize to our children Um, you know, being aware of your wants and needs and waiting for them at the right time when you have the money and, you know, delaying gratification, Yeah. you know, you feel good about your purchase and you get what you want. And, um, I know studying marketing, it's something like 70% of the grocery store purchases are like things that people weren't planning on buying. I mean, think about it. That's why the milk is in the back, right? The milk Mm -hmm. is in the back because they know you need milk. Yeah. And then you have to walk past everything else to get mm-hmm. there. And then you have to sit at the checkout with a thousand things that are tempting, mostly mm-hmm. sugar or light up stuff for kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's all marketing. And, you know, if you can see past the, the, the forest and, you know, you can, um, you can figure it out. So I, I'm glad you're fully aware of that and that you are so careful because I think that's an important habit to pass down. And it's one of the best ways that you can help long term, you know. I I wouldn't say I'm so careful. I would say I try really hard to be careful. And that doesn't mean that I'm immune to marketing either, or I won't be buying some good deals that pop up on things that I didn't know I needed. It just means I'm going to be even more carefully considering things that weren't already on my radar. Like consider and consider again. And sometimes I feel like real relief when a deal passes and I didn't get it because I'm like, you know, if I took long enough to think about it and I lost that deal, then I didn't need that thing in the first place. And it makes it really easy to move on and not have that like heart pumping temptation of things. Yeah. And related to that, I just want to share one more resource that I'll link to because my husband loves wirecutter.com, which is like not your parents' uh, version of consumer reports in that it is constantly updated and they have these really thorough reviews and they're they're sharing them all the time. But one of the really cool things I love about Wirecutter is they have a deals feed and they basically say in much better words than I'm about to share, helping you buy things that don't end up like breaking or not working right away. Like it's all about getting deals on things that are worth spending your money on. Mm. And I just feel like that's the perfect summary of how I feel is like, if you're going to go to the work to get someone a gift and buy them something and spend your hard-earned money on it, then it should be meaningful to them. It should 
be, you know, good for them. It should make you feel good about giving it and it should be worth the money that you spend on it. Yes. And that combination for me is like how I think about intentional gift giving and what I hope came through in our conversation today. I agree. I think that was the perfect summary of it, Amy. Um, I am fully on board with that thought process and hopefully we've uh, inspired others to maybe think ahead a little bit more so that they don't feel like they frivolously, frivolously spend and do things they regret. And that's the ultimate goal, right? Absolutely. So if you are looking for some resources around exactly what to buy based on this conversation, I will include a link to a healthy gift guide in our show notes at averyfullplate.com slash 35. But we'll also link to some of those other things around love languages, a love language quiz, some um, some of the resources like Wellness Mama writing about candles. If you're just like if you've already bought a bunch of candles and you're interested in hearing more about beeswax candles, I know there's a lot to consider and unpack here. And as always, I would just encourage folks to not let themselves get overwhelmed with trying to do all of it at once, but maybe pick one thing that they're going to be more intentional about this holiday season and really lean into that and then tackle other things in the future when you have more capacity and energy and you've really like mastered that thing. So what's one thing you're going to master this holiday season, Emily? Not to put you on the spot, but tell us now. <laughs> what am I going to master? I'm going to master my budget. I mm. think I've always blown it, even when we're on a, like a crazy tight budget. I still just sort of write it off as like, eh, it's the holidays. And I don't mm-hmm. necessarily feel that I am frivolous. It's just that I think I buy more than the kids truly need. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. I do find that after two or three gifts, they're like white. They're like wiped, or they're focused on the first one. And I'm like, why? You know, one year my my daughter, well, she had written to Santa, and Santa brought her more than what was on her list, and she didn't understand. Mm. She's like, why did he give me these other things? I only wanted <laughs> these four things. And I was like, good point. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I, I took that as a lesson learned. You know. Um, so I just think budget is going to be huge for us. This yeah. Year. I'm going to be honest about what we can do. I'm not going to buy anything that a $3 bottle of two buck Chuck can't beat. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like it needs to be better than that. And then if it's not, then I'm just buying the wine because at yeah. least that's something I don't sell a lot. Yeah. My intention this year is to buy less of that like small crap. So that is showing up in a few different ways. One is we have an agreement with family that we're not exchanging adult gifts this year because what it ended up being was all of us buying each other things that we were already going to probably buy ourselves. And so it was just like, you know, checking things off someone's shopping list. And while that's not necessarily bad, it just didn't feel good either. Like it didn't feel really purposeful. And so it ended up being silly. So I'm going to do less of that. And then where I'm buying like small stocking stuffers and things for the kids, I'm trying really hard to think about like, what do they actually need? Like my son needs new underwear. And I know that's not a cool gift, but it can totally go in his stocking in a bigger size in like a pattern he loves that I that I might not have bought for him at the store because it wasn't like the cheapest version. And so it's like walking that fine line between like very useful, but also enjoyment. Like he will love some cool characters on his underwear is (laughs) where I'm going to try and find the joy this holiday season for both the sake of the harmony in my home, not to use your business name (laughs) in my tagline, but the harmony in my home and just for like my managing my kids overwhelm and appreciation. Yeah, I love it. I'm glad you shared what your goals were. I think that's a great one. Well, we would love to hear from listeners what your goals are this holiday season. So we'll post on our Facebook page and I'll link to that in the show notes as well. And you can let us know what your intention is this holiday season so we can check in with you and help support you in any way that you might need. So thank you for listening today. We really appreciate it. I know, Emily, we've talked about this, but I'm just like so grateful for our listeners and for this podcast this holiday season. And I can't wait to continue to explore intentionality in all of its different forms during the holidays and also as we go into 2019. Agreed.
Thank you for listening.